a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, across the country, employers are dealing with a tight labor market. Utah, of course, is making some important changes to help boost the economy and fill employment needs in our own state. How? By loosening occupational licensing requirements. In fact, uh, we've been paving the way on occupational licensing reform for a little while. So what can other states learn from Utah in this whole process? Really pleased to have joining us on the program, Margaret Bussey, who is the executive director of the Utah Department of Commerce, uh, penned a great uh, op-ed with Governor Spencer Cox in National Review, talking about Utah beginning to free its workforce from over-regulation. Uh, Margaret, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Boyd. Uh, so let's jump right on into this. Uh, what is it that the other states ought to be learning from how Utah is making all of this happen when it comes to overregulation? Yeah, thank you. So first, I just want to give a lot of credit to Governor Cox and also the legislature. They have done a lot of work already before my time in trying to loosen up some of our licensing requirements to make it easier, for instance, for people who um, may have been formerly incarcerated to be able to get a license, for people that are coming from other states to be able to get a license. So that work was already done. Um, what we're now doing, though, is we, uh, with our partners in the legislature, last legislative session, we set up a new office called the Office of Professional Licensure Review with this idea that we need to sort of do a systematic um, check-in with all of our licensing requirements to see if the requirements that we have in place now, which are really the regulations around those professions, still make sense. Do, are they still needed to protect the public? That's why we have regulations. Or are there better ways at getting at this that can open up economic opportunity that may want of, of those people that may want to get in those professions um, and also be able to increase access to the public for those professional services. Yeah, and I think it's so important to, to note that this is not just ban all regulations. There, there are reasons for regulations that protect the public and the citizens. Uh, so those things are really important. And this is not a uh, throw it all out, but let's just make sure that it still makes sense. One of those that you uh, noted with Governor Cox in your piece in National Review uh, was talking about face-to-face uh, -face physician visits. And that's when everyone say, oh, well, that's, you know, that's a logical regulation uh, until the pandemic hit. That's right. It's a great example of how technology and need can change our perspective on, on the regulations that we have. And so one of the things I often say about regulation is it needs to be reasonable and reliable, but it also needs to be relevant. And when you have uh, regulations that are out of date, it creates economic waste and it limits opportunity. And so the telehealth example is a great one, Boyd, because we all, you know, there, there was a regulation that if you wanted to practice medicine, you had to see that patient face-to-face. -face. 
Well, then we have, we have Zoom, we have Google Meet, we have these other platforms that allow you to talk to a doctor or other healthcare provider that, uh, doesn't, that you can see their face, you can see what's happening, and you don't have to be in person. And we had a need for it with COVID. And so uh, that has enabled those regulations to be updated, which is just is a great example of why we need to constantly be looking at where innovations, technology, has caused things to change in a profession or where things just in the profession themselves, maybe the training has changed that, that require us to really or behoove us to be looking at these regulations. And it's almost like a health checkup with each of these kinds of regulations. Do these things still make sense? For where we are right now in our society. Yeah, and it's, and it's so important. And, and I love that you're taking this from a couple of angles. One, those who want to get into some of these businesses that require this kind of licensing. I think it's also really crucial to, to dig into this area of, of the small business owners, the entrepreneurs. And, and sometimes some of the big businesses, they'll complain about regulation, but they also know it creates a barrier to entry because the big company can hire a team of, of lobbyists and, and lawyers to keep it going. And, a, and an upstart company just can't compete in that space uh, with all those regulatory requirements. So how does this how does this help the, the little guy, the small business, uh, the small entrepreneurial woman who's who's running and starting a, a, an operation? How does it help them? It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. So you're absolutely right, Boyd. I mean, one of the things you learn in, in sort of public policy 101 is that is that regulation actually favors incumbents the most, right, to your point. And so when you have new startups that are trying to get a foot in the door, when you have regulatory barriers that the incumbents and the big companies already know how to navigate and have set up their business models around it, that creates a, a huge advantage for those incumbents. And so while as we look at regulation, we have to always be cognizant of how we can get the, the small business owner, the startups, to be able to, to get their foot in the door without having to, to, you know, have these onerous requirements. Now, an example of that might be with professional licensing is, say, you're, you're setting up a, um, a beauty salon. Well, the people that are in your salon have to be licensed as cosmetologists. But what if, we're, what if we decided to create lower-level licensing that would allow people to, to do certain things that maybe not everything, um, or maybe we decide there are certain things that you really don't need a license for because there's no public safety risk, right? Mm, yeah. Now that allows that, that business salon, that new business salon, to get into the, to the business a lot more easily. Uh, so important, and uh, I just love this whole idea of just – rigorous review. It was one of the uh, sort of comic relief things that we would do when I was in Washington was just to pull out all of the regulatory burden and just start thumbing through pages and saying, wow, did you know it's it's illegal to sell a turtle that is, you know, longer than two inches and, and what the what the remedies are? Uh, there are always these crazy things. So this rigorous review, I think, is important uh, both because it creates, you know, getting rid of kind of the dead wood that's no longer relevant, uh, but you also talk about being reliable, and I think that's important for those going into a lot of these professions to know they have a path and that the goalpost isn't going to constantly be moving 
that might uh, prevent them from starting their business or staying in business? Well, and that's another great point, Boyd, because reliability is is important. And sometimes it can kind of counteract a little bit with relevance, right? But this is why we uh, uh, like this approach, this systematic approach with the Office of Professional Licensure Review, because it gives professions an expected process. So they know at a certain point, their profession will be up for review, right? And th- at that point, there might be changes. But otherwise, it's not going to be looked at, you know, it's not going to be examined really carefully up until then. And so it gives them an expected process that they can count on. Yeah, that certainty is so crucial for, for any size business to just know that there's a path, there's a process that, that they can follow. This is uh, fantastic work. Uh, again, so grateful to have Margaret Bussey on uh, with us today. She's the executive director of the Utah Department of Commerce. Great opinion piece uh, by Margaret and Governor Cox uh, talking about what Utah is doing on that regulatory front. And uh, Margaret, thanks so much for joining us. This is great work, and this is one more area where the state of Utah is just really shining and the rest of the nation can look for some some good guidance and best practices. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Boyd. All right. Uh, again, really important work when it comes to regulatory reform and updating. Uh, again, there are things on the books that uh, would just make your head spin uh, that are technically requirements and laws that uh, just need to be reviewed. Many just need to be shelved or chucked out uh, or renewed and revived in a different way to meet the current needs. And whether that's telehealth, whether that's uh, dealing uh, with the health and beauty space, whatever it might be, uh, it's important that we constantly do it. But it takes discipline to do that. And it takes both a governor and a legislature that's willing to do the hard work and heavy lifting of checking it all out. It takes work to do regulatory reform. Uh, and I'm really pleased that the state of Utah is doing that, has been doing that, and continues to do that for the whole nation to watch. All right, we'll step aside for some bottom of the hour news. We're ticking our way towards the State of the Union. My State of the Union will be at 245. Don't go anywhere. We'll break that down coming up next on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.